Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. So jump right in there. Uh, uh, Jack, can I get a breaking news sounder? You got the, uh, breaking, you got the breaking news, news sounder, handy? sounder for that since this is, uh, Jeff says it's breaking. How about, Craig, from in front of the television camera yeah. to back on the court? Tristan Thompson signed with the Lakers before their season finale yesterday. How about that? He's going to be with them until they are done this year. Yeah. Playing again. Back in the league. So uh, Tristan's back on it. So good for him. Yeah. Glad to, glad to hear that. Okay. Uh, do you want to stay on the basketball thing before we jump to baseball? Since we're uh, since you yeah, hopped we'll, in we'll with basketball? Yeah, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, okay. There's some a few things going brewing with the basketball program. Now, I'm... I'm not going to run everything down because I want to get to some roster stuff, some more roster stuff later. But there's a couple of moves, one roster thing that I'll mention now, and then a couple of coaching slash staff deals mm-hmm. uh, that have gone down, and one is imminent, but we'll roll with it. And Craig, I just want to get your take on some of these. Uh, okay. Actually, I'll just roll them down, Craig, and we'll we'll discuss each one of them. Sure. Uh, the roster move is Rowan Brumbaugh entering the transfer mm-hmm. portal. I I haven't seen his name pop in there yet, but he's headed there. I've had that confirmed. Uh, disappointing, but I, I think it. It kind of makes sense when you think about the number of guards that the staff is recruiting in the transfer portal, number one. And number two, you're really trying to re-recruit Tyrese Hunter and Arterio Morris to make sure they're back in the fold. So, I don't know, it, it makes sense for, for Rowan if you want guaranteed playing time. And I don't know if that's why he'd be leaving, but it would make sense why he might look elsewhere to okay. continue his college career. Yep, yeah, and not surprised by it. Um, and and it, it was determined right from the start that they were going to redshirt him anyway. And uh, so that part wasn't surprised, but him seeing the writing on the wall and those that are coming in probably helps him to make that decision. But a guy that everybody in the program said was smart kid, intelligent, yep. you know, yep. hard worker, yep. not, a, not a problem in the locker room or anything like that. I think right. it's just one of those deals where, you know, we're just looking for a different opportunity. Uh, John Riley now the former strength coach mm-hmm. of the basketball program. I got that confirmed over the weekend that he is moving on from the program. Now, no, the assumption is that he's going to join Chris Beard at Ole Miss. I, I wasn't able to confirm that part of it. I think you can maybe read the tea leaves mm-hmm. and connect the dots. But uh, that's a – you know, RT, want, when he talked about wanting the staff back mm-hmm. together, he mentioned John Riley. But it's kind of the, the good and the bad of it, Craig. I guess it depends on if you want to look at the glass half full or half empty. The half empty thing would say, well, you lost your strength coach. You didn't bring everybody back. The half full would say, well, I'm expecting everybody other than John Riley at this point right. to be back. I haven't heard anything different. I keep getting asked, what about Steve McClain? What about Bob Donawal Jr.? I, I haven't heard anything that leads me to believe that any of the assistant coaches are leaving. But, Craig, an assistant coach that you got to know very well his first time around – is expected to be headed back. Uh, this not official yet, but uh, Rodney Terry is expected to add Frank Haith to the coaching staff. Now, where this vacancy comes up is it's expected, and I've heard this from numerous people now, Chris Ogden would really like to get back into that off-court role he was in, yep. whether it's the managing director title again or something, some other title that has him, yeah, him in that off-court role. He right. would rather be there than you know back on the bench as one of three assistant coaches. And Augie did a really good job. They worked very hard once they had to close ranks uh, when Beard was fired that uh, to bring him back into the fold as an assistant coach to do that. And now transitioning back to that, as you mentioned. Yeah, so that opens the door for Frank Haith, uh, former assistant under Rick Barnes, mm-hmm. 18 seasons as a Division One head coach, Miami, Missouri, and most recently Tulsa, was on Penny Hardaway's Memphis staff mm-hmm. this past season. Uh, Craig, if you were going to go get an assistant coach, 
it's hard for me to think of one better than going to get Frank Haith. Well, he knows it's kind of like with Rod. He knows the area, knows the turf, knows the program, knows the expectations. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, um, they're, uh, I, I know they're very pumped up about it. Somebody said to me the other, oh, they're getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, some of the band anyway, I mean, Rick Barnes won't be coming back, but, uh, but, right. uh, but Rodney getting, uh, Frank Haith back, I think is a plus for the program. No, it's a, it's a really big deal. Like I said, not official yet, but pretty much all but done at this point so um and i think from a, from a recruiting standpoint when you look at what frank hayes did his first time around you know brad buckman lamarcus aldridge daniel gibson <laughs> now does it make sense why i asked you for that mike williams story again this week? yes <laughs> when mike williams played for texas frank hayes recruited mike williams too by yes, the way five-star kid out of the uh, state of alabama uh, mike had a prodigious appetite uh, and and he was he was long and lean and big you know and an outstanding athletic uh, specimen, but they go to Boulder to play Colorado, and the team had a team dinner at Cheesecake Factory the night before the game, and uh, the what happened with um, uh, Mike was that he ate a lot. He ate an awful lot, and uh, so he ate an awful lot, and they get done. The, the, the account's fairy as to how much he really ate, and really and truly, the guy that I could see who could put away the most groceries for the Longhorn basketball program over the years was Jason Klotz. He, it, was, it was just an <laughs> exhibition to watch Jason work. And he could pack it all in and stow it away and then use it for energy and all that sort of stuff. Didn't work that way for Mike on that particular night. Ate a lot, a lot of dinner, maybe a couple of meals and a couple of things of cheesecake, then walked outside and got out there on the street and lost it all. Which all just all just hit the street. Brutal. That particular Absolutely night brutal. Um so that's where things stand. Again, we'll wait for the official word to come down, but it looks like Frank Haith will be back on the 40 Acres mm-hmm. as an assistant coach for Rodney Terry. Um, I'll save some of the portal stuff for next hour. Okay. Uh, but, you know, not a lot of football today in the notebook because we're loaded up on men's basketball and baseball coming off of the weekend. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and which leads us to baseball. So the Longhorns, of course, uh, got the win yesterday. And uh, beat him eight to two. Charlie Hurley uh, gave him five solid innings, and uh, and then really impressed by DJ Burke three and two. You could tell the 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 gauge was tapping E when he was there in the night to try to get it to the finish line. And finally, when the bases loaded, uh, they went back and uh, went back to the bullpen, and Sam Walbridge got the final out of the game. And uh, so it was it was that sort of thing. Also during the game. Uh, to explain it further, because uh, CB said that that those who had complained about uh, so, someone, someone texted B and E this morning saying they were sick of David Pierce's antics. If, if <laughs> antics include standing up for your player, yeah, this was then let it be antics. I'm gonna I'm gonna back Coach Pierce on this one, uh, given the situation. Because here's the situation for those who don't know, and they might have gotten confused because Aaron incorrectly said that he was arguing balls and strikes. He was not arguing balls and strikes, and then Aaron corrected it. And, a- and I don't know what the LHN broadcast showed too. 
Well, I can tell you what I saw, <laughs> and I can tell you what Ty, what Ty Harrington saw, yeah. and he was a more learned man than I was. Yeah. Mitchell Daly's at the plate, and he fouls a pitch off his foot. And you could tell he was in some pain, had to walk around uh, the batter's box a bit. And Jeff Henricks, the home plate umpire, was already kind of woofing at him a little bit to get back in. The umpires are charged with the responsibility of moving the game along. You have, you know, the the correct term is not the pitch clock. It's called the action clock. It's an action clock. Because you got 20 seconds to pitch. But what a lot of folks don't know is the batter has to be in hitting position. I had a long conversation with Coach Pierce about this on Friday. Uh, Has to be in a hitting position with 10 on the clock. Got to be ready to swing the bat. Not just standing there, foot out, or getting back. You got to be ready to go at 10 on the clock. So, Henricks, the home plate umpire, is trying to move things along. And and, and Daly, who's clearly in some pain, and they had stopped the game earlier. Kansas State, uh, the player was hit by a pitch, was down for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then Mitch gets back in the box, and Daly hits a ground ball deep in the hole in short. And beats Nick Nick Goodwin's throw to the back. Now Daly is clearly hobbling as he crosses first base. Yeah, Mitch didn't look right after yeah, that. No, but he beat the throw, and he's still in some pain, and he's still trying to walk it off. Tom Mendez, the team trainer, goes out to visit with him. So he's talking with him, and they're going through stuff. Meanwhile, Jared Thomas, the on-deck hitter, has come out to the home plate area, but has not gotten in the box yet because as far as he's concerned and everybody else, time is still out because mm-hmm. the trainer's out there. Well, it's at that point that Henrik starts ordering Thomas to get in the box. Get in the box, even while the trainer's still out there. And that exercised Coach Pierce. He comes down the line, says, my guy's still over there. And Henrik waves him back. And then Pierce comes with more conviction and points at him and gets tossed to the game. Yeah, it was not a prolonged conversation. No. It was a pretty quick quick hook. Yep, and then he came in and got his money's worth after that. So that happened there. So if you want to call that antics for standing up for your player who was injured and was down at first base and the trainer was still out visiting with him when the home plate umpire is saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, to do that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that because he's standing up for his player on that. So antics, uh, you know, again, check the facts of the situation. And then after that happens... <laughs> So, okay, I shouldn't be laughing, but like, and it's the reason why you won't see Eric Kennedy in center field tonight. But yeah, it's yeah. If you could lip read, all all you could do is laugh. Because what happened after that? <laughs> what happened after that was that Jared Thomas does a little check swing, excuse me, bloop double that got just over the third baseman's head, uh, Kalen Culpepper down the line, and it lands in fair territory for a double. So now the runners on second and third after that. Then Eric Kennedy comes to the play, back to the top of the order, gets rung up uh, on a pitch that, if you look at it, you can tell it's not a strike. Is, no. It's it's outside. This of isn't zone. like a homer deal. Like, go back and look at that. There's That was a it, good two feet off the plate. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not a good call. And then Eric turns around and... So he said one... E.K. said one of the magic words. He did. He did. <laughs> He absolutely did, and that got him the gate. Uh, next man to come up, Dylan Campbell, ropes a ground field double into a ground rule double 
into the K-State bullpen two-run score, and that made it 6-2, to two, and then Texas goes on to the win from there. But those are the facts of what happened. EK's ejection is right up there with one Ben Johnson had during his last season where just, it was horrible balls and strikes all weekend, and then Ben got called out. I think it was, a, it was a series finale on a Sunday. He gets called out on just a horrible third strike call and turns around, and I never asked Ben if he said one of the magic words, but he gets tossed. I'm like, you know what? He he, Ben earned that. He, yeah. he earned that for the for the whole team. But Ben, both teams. It was just a hor- horribly uh, called game, called series for on both sides. I'm yeah. like, you know what, Ben? That's Ben Johnson earning taking one for both teams. Yeah, at that yeah, point. yeah. So, so that is exactly what happened uh, on the deal, and that and uh, that's why uh, Coach Pierce was ejected, and that's also why Eric Kennedy was ejected, and because Kennedy was ejected, he cannot play in tonight's game. No. So he, he is he allowed to travel? He can't be in the dugout. Okay, you know. Uh, so I, I, Ooh, I'm not. Game, the game is sold out too. Yeah, oh. yeah. He he cannot be in the dugout. Anybody got a ticket for EK for tonight? You know, I don't even know the rule about that. If he's allowed <laughs> to be, well, I guess he'd be in the clubhouse if he got ejected. Yeah, from a, from a game. So he could be on the premises, I suppose. But. Yeah, you can't be in the dugout. I was uh, going to take like a lawn chair, prop it up outside the outfield yeah. wall. <laughs> so yeah, down out. the right field line yeah. down there, <laughs> something like that. Stop at Cabela's on your way down, get you a nice big chair. And yeah. Uh, somebody said, my name is Ben Johnson, and as a 20-year service member, I can tell you, I would definitely have said a magic word in that sentence speaking as a Ben <laughs> Johnson. Thank you. Talking uh, about the former Westwood Warrior, yeah. Ben Johnson. I saw him play in his last year minor league baseball. Um, this was 2016, 15, somewhere. Uh, somewhere yeah. he, he was playing for the Asheville Tourists single A ball, and they were playing the Greensboro Grasshoppers. It was on vacation. My son, the Jason, Asheville Tourists. That's the, hey, that's the team that uh, that Crash Davis ends his ends his career with in <laughs> in. Uh, in Bull Durham is the Asheville Tour. They've been called the Tourist forever. Um, and they were playing the Greensboro Grasshoppers, who had, at the time, Eric Gutierrez playing for them, who, of course, been the big slugger from Texas Tech. Uh, and uh, is I think he was volunteer assistant for them last year. I, I, didn't, I didn't do the Tech series this bring, year. So bring back some names I haven't thought of in a minute. Yeah, they both played in that game. Uh, at that time, um, so uh, somebody somebody else said, "And if you get run, get your money's worth." Yeah, I think there are many who believe that. I think Eric Kennedy will tell you he he got his money's worth. Somebody said, "A master of disguise uh, for EK just just pull the fake mustache and sit with the fans." The, the Bobby, Bobby Valentine. I was gonna say the old Bobby Valentine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, passes some of the strikes were on the batter's chalk. It was pretty close to that. Some of those. So um, anyway. Uh, and again, here's somebody else saying, uh, here's somebody else antics, whatever to say. I would understand it, but it's not. I don't understand how anyone can make the best decisions of the team when losing their cool as often as Pierce does. He takes it far too happen and happens too often. It's getting old. Ulster's responsible for losing his center fielder tonight. No, he's not. He's not responsible for losing his center fielder tonight. Uh, clearly, you, you, you're not a fan of Pierce, so I get it. But that's that's on AK. And if you know something about EK, he's been in a slump lately. He's really been struggling. It was good to see him get that double yesterday. But he's been struggling at the plate. And when he snapped off, and it was a bad, it was a flat-out miss by Jeff Hendricks. It was a bad ball strike call. 
uh, bad enough to make Kennedy turn around and snap off to him. That's not on the head coach. They have that conversation all the time with their guys about keeping uh, their cool and things like that. Eric Kennedy's a fifth-year senior. So he's going to, you know, it, it, and, and he doesn't say that much. So when he does, he's pretty exercised. So stop trying to throw it all on the head coach and the head coach. It's not going to fit your narrative in this case. If you want to be upset with him about some other times, that's fine. It doesn't fit your narrative. Because he's standing up for his player who fouled the ball off his foot. So I'm saying, I'm getting sick and tired of his antics. This doesn't fall into that category. Save it for another time. If he gets run tonight in San Marcos over arguing balls and strikes, fine. Put it back into your narrative. It doesn't fit in this case. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't fit here. He's standing up for Mitchell Daly, who was having trouble standing up when he got to first base. And this all this business about speeding up the play by ordering the hitter into the batter's box while the trainer is still out there, it's you're flat dead wrong. It's, it's just not it's not correct. So so there you are. All right. Uh, all right. Somebody said Pierce has nothing on Augie. <laughs> Augie can get pretty exercised. Yeah, base, baseball coaches have baseball coaches, managers, they you know, sometimes they'll get tossed for various reasons. Sometimes yeah. it is defending a player. Sometimes you feel like your team needs a spark. Yeah. And you'll do it for that reason. So, I mean, look, I, if you don't, if you don't like David Pierce, just come out and say you don't like David Pierce. I would, I would, okay. re, I would almost respect that more than trying to contrive something to fit into a yeah. narrative or whatever. Just say you don't like David Pierce, and then okay, now we can have a, a discussion about what you don't like. Yeah, this doesn't fit that though. That's that's what I'm saying. D- don't try to square peg that into your round hole discussion about whether you like him or not, or for whatever reasons, because it doesn't fit on there. Uh, D. Fry says, my ex-uncle was the Asheville coach that went viral for the umpire rants a few years ago. Oh, yeah, remember that? <laughs> Where he went crazy uh, off on all of that. And somebody said, so no EK or coach? Said, no, no, no. Coach Pierce will be there. Yep. It, it applies to the student athlete. And somebody said, I agree. I totally agree with you, Craig. EK is a grown man and was tossed out for his actions, period. He was. He's a fifth-year senior. He knows what he's doing. He was pretty upset about it. So... Uh, Judging by what he said, yeah, he was pre- he was pretty perturbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, coming up, uh, we have inconceivable. That's next when we continue to light the tower on the horn. 1049, 1019 AM, twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. 